Hello, everyone. Welcome to Young China. We are a half Chinese Brit and a Siberian Russian living in China. We use our unique perspectives to demystify and translate Chinese culture and lifestyle. My name is Lucian. My name is Artem. We are entrepreneurs who made it in China, and now we are sharing our experience with you. So you'll see from last week, we've changed our format a little bit, and we now incorporate the topics we talk about into our daily lifestyles. So last week we talked about riding around e-bikes around town, the difference between living inside the city center and the suburbs, and my experience with gyms in Shanghai. So today we talk about skin color and the importance of having white skin in China. The drinking culture in China and associated with business also, and then the smoking culture and how that has changed so much over the past twenty, thirty years. Uh, how are you doing recently? Yeah, I'm pretty good, thanks. As you know, I went away for a couple of months before to film a TV show called The Day I Ran China. It's a joint venture between the Discovery Channel and Mango TV, the most popular. Network in China, and the first few episodes have now come out, and the response has really been amazing. But what's really But interesting? Where people can watch it? So people can watch it on the international Mango TV app, which I will put a link for inside the description of the podcast.、Okay. And also, it will start to air on Discovery Asia within the next few days. And once that comes out, I will share with everyone. Well, one of the things that I think is really interesting is that there were ten of us and twelve cameras, and you know we're shooting about three hundred hours of footage per episode, and that gets completely compressed into forty-five minutes. And the disparity between how I thought I portrayed myself and the way that they portrayed me is really interesting. I'm not going to say it's good or bad; it's just really interesting how. They've kind of already set a profile, a design for my personality, and then they go through with that as the show progresses. So, Artem, Artem, you know, you say you're my, you say we are very good friends. In fact, you've almost said we're best friends. Yeah, and I have you have you watched my TV show? It comes out just like one day ago. No, so it didn't, didn't. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. It came out ages ago. And I sent、one、you the link. Wow, wow! Time flies so fast. <laughs> It's now the third episode, man. It's been third. Yeah. So third I, one came out yesterday. Yeah. You know why? Because like I,、oh, when I watch TV series, I'm waiting. All、ah. comes out, so it's so interesting. Oh right. So I want.、Right. I don't want to wait for a new one. So I want to watch one in a row in one night. Okay. Okay.、Yeah. So you're gonna watch ten hours. Yeah. All right. Okay. We'll make a yeah, like a little party and popcorn and stuff. Yeah, Lucian's weekend on my TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and it's really cool because actually the other contestants, they're friends. They were like holding parties. They were like really like posting their stuff on Facebook and and WeChat and Instagram like about their friend, the contestant on on TV. My friends, <laughs> the reaction has been so muted, like. Some people I don't really know. They've gotten in touch, being like, "Well done, congratulations." My actual close circle of friends, not that many people have actually watched. It's yeah, really bizarre. Yeah, I understand、and、you. That's what's I, happened with celebrating in China. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of sad, actually, right? I think it's maybe because they know me. That's why. I think people who are in China, it's all, almost already too much China for people, so they don't want to watch it. There,、uh, okay.、Uh, let's let's go back、mm-hmm. to our topics. The last topic we talk about was gym topic. 
and appearance and attitude of Chinese people to their appearance, right? And this goes into our next topic of skin color, interestingly, because I was looking online for a set of gym clothes, and I noticed there were a lot of gym sets that had long sleeves or long trousers because winter is coming. It's not just about the cold, because they have short sleeve sets with. An actual long sleeve attachment,、mm-hmm. which is purely to protect you from the sun. And this was really interesting about how people here they really, really care about the color of their skin. Even me, I didn't notice when I first came to China、uh, how important it is for Chinese people to be white. Not only for Chinese people, it's Asian thing,、mm-hmm. right? It's、mm-hmm. like in Japan, in Korea, in Thailand. All there, like if you check advertisements and all these fashion、uh, magazines, all people are white. I always remember when I was younger, and we'd go traveling, and you'd always see Japanese tourists, and they're like, you could barely see their eyes. They were just like covered up, like head to toe. I always thought it was such an interesting thing to do because, you know, we always traveled in the summer when it was really hot, wherever it was, you know, Greece or Italy, and you'd see these Japanese tourists just. So covered up. I always used to think, God, they must be so hot. Why are they covering up? I think now I understand because culturally in East Asia or、so、all of Asia, Japanese tourist was changed to Chinese tourist yeah, everywhere, yeah, and yeah, they、basically. do the same. Yeah, and on the streets you can see people. Even the the weather is not that hot. They、mm-hmm. uh, they they getting these umbrellas、mm-hmm. when it's like sky super clear. Yeah, like all people with umbrellas.、Mm-hmm. And if you go to the beaches,、uh, like bikini is not Chinese style, not because of、uh, Chinese girls are so shy,、mm. just because with bikini you can very easily get tanned, which is not good thing for Chinese girls. Yeah, yeah, and also very famously in Qingdao, ah,、uh, yeah, there is a, <laughs> there is a thing called a, I think it's called a face kini,、yeah. right? And it's it looks like a Spider Man mask, <laughs> <Yeah> . or like <laughs> yeah, well, they're going to rob the bank, you know, this IES. Usually, like I、yeah, wearing yeah, yeah. this mask, like covering the whole head and your face.、Mm. So it's really hard、uh, to find for girls cosmetics without、uh, whitening effect. Now it's better, but sometimes I even buying the shower gel, and then it's like with whitening effect, even for men, you know. So like they really care about the skin color. And、uh, how do you do? You protect your skin color. You 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 pretty dark man. <laughs> how do you like? How can you be so like handsome guy still in China if you're a bit dark? Um. Well, so the reason I'm so dark now is because I was filming in the countryside for for such a long time. No, when I met <laughs> you first time, you also was quite dark. But this is actually something that's really interesting because. I never cared about this color of my skin before I came to China.、Uh, wait, wait, you know what I was think for the first time when I met you? I was thinking you are like Indonesian or like a Philippine guy, something like that. Right, because、and? of your color of your skin. Okay. okay, this was the first reason why I think like that. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not. I'm half Chinese and half Indian, and I think that explains why my skin color. But you know what? Like back in England, I never cared. I never cared about my skin color, but here I I now I care more because 
because I think Chinese people they do say things to you on an instantaneous reaction. They're like, "Ani hao which just means, "Oh, you're really dark." Particularly in summer, right? Because you tan. Um, but also because once I started doing MCing events, like hosting events, I started to become more self-conscious about it. Not for myself, but because I feel that, or I felt that I would get less work because of it. And I know this MC; she's this really beautiful girl, very professional, lots of experience. I remember her telling me the story about how she went for an interview. And the person interviewing her said, "Have you been on holiday recently?" Which basically is implying, "Have you been out getting tanned?" Right? And eventually, she didn't get the job, and that kind of planted a seed in my head. But I think also that does apply also if you're Chinese, right? But if if you're noticeably a foreigner, then I think being dark doesn't really matter. No, actually, it happens to me when I first when I on my first job uh, before when I went for traveling or something and come back and my colleagues Chinese colleagues said like, "Oh, you went for traveling?" I said, "Yes." Uh, your skin got darker. Yes. Uh, you better protect yourself next time. You just like you're so white. You're so handsome. Why you need to like spoil your appearance with tan color of skin? And that time I realized how important mm. this like in Chinese uh, top list of like ap- appearance features. You know, uh, the thing is they really uh, care so much, especially for girls. When guys exp- like uh, trying to explain they met a very beautiful girl, they usually they have even this Chengyu very like Chinese uh, sentences. How do Chengyu is a f- proverb? Yeah, kind of proverb, which is like have a very deep roots in history, and like many of them have this like uh, white. It's like synonym of beauty. So when she, he said like, uh, you know, when I sharing with you which girl I met, like very beautiful girl, I can say like she has a good body. She's like tall, legs and. You know, boobs, ass, whatever, like, uh, face, uh, but, but I, I mean, like, if we talk about appearance, but I don't think I will ever mention about her skin color, mm, mm. but for Chinese people, it's like in top three, I think. Mm, I, you can say I like, why well, she's tall, she's like, have a good body, and she's white. Mm. It's like, white <laughs> is one of the things. So the thing is, even the girl is super beautiful, mm. but if she like, have a darker skin she like losing i don't know maybe 30 percent of her <laughs> beautiness beautiness beauty beauty yeah okay so artem keeps saying that i'm really dark i think partly as a joke it's but not I'm a actually... joke maybe because for uh maybe for you because you're like you're like a, a snowman from <laughs> siberia right no i mean like we have a lot of uh, national minorities in russia and like uh, a lot of guys from middle east mm. but most of people still white mm-hmm. and what and this is not bad thing the thing is like yeah i just like mentioned when i will describe you a girl mm. uh, and uh, say some features of her beauty probably if she tanned i will mention this because for me tanned girl is more beautiful Well, anyway, so and not only for me, for Russian people. Okay, okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that part in Ru- Young Russia when we start recording <laughs> that podcast. All right, great. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, as I say, I'm actually not that dark. But then at the same time, when I have been dark compared to not, you know, being tanned in summer, I don't feel that my chances of work have ever been decreased. Even with very superficial work like hosting events, being an MC or doing any video stuff, I don't think that's ever been a problem for me. Um, and I put that down to partly being really good looking, but also... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was joking. I'm not going to put that in. We can't put that in. We can't put it in. <laughs> um, but also, but <laughs> I put that down probably to two things. One, about me being a foreigner, so it's okay whatever I look like. And two, I'm not really sure people care about skin color as much as we think they do. Mm, I don't know. Sometimes I think uh, it's not that important, but then something like, for example few of my Chinese girlfriends was quite dark. <laughs> I mean, like, f for Chinese standards. Mm -hmm. And some of my close Chinese friends, guys, they said, like, don't you think she's a bit dark? And this was interesting for me. So they didn't have any, like, goal to offend me or something. Just, like, they, frankly speaking, their own opinion, that they really cared about the skin color. That actually reminds me of an ex-girlfriend I had. And one of the defining points of our relationship or her personality was her real focus on skin color. And she was pretty dark, but she was also very beautiful. And she told me about how when she was growing up, people would be like, you're so beautiful, but you're so dark. Mm -hmm. Right. So, or they call her like, or they would compliment her by calling her like a rose. Right, but like a black rose, so they'd, be, they'd be like, "You're a Nishiga Hey Mei which is black rose." Yeah. And so everything that people said to her was kind of tinged with color. And I think you know she's 32, so 30 years ago, 20 years ago, things were still very much color based, and so much less now. Ultimately, though, it's very interesting how it can work down into someone's psyche. Because she really noticed it. And then that other girl that I mentioned previously, the MC, she also cares a lot about her skin color, right? She knows that in the industry, she's a little bit darker than everyone else. And so she uses whitening creams and stuff like that. And I mean, from my perspective, I think it's a little bit sad, but that's just the reality here. I think it's easy to explain why it's like this. We didn't talk about this. So it's just like coming from history. If you have a white skin, it means you are not a farmer, you're not working outside every day. But it's fair for Asia. For example, in Russia, when we have like half of a year, like a snowy weather, and like even we have sun, it's not like getting you tanned. It means like it's changed before, like 100 years ago. If you check like all this high level people, they all was white and use even whitening powder, all the things like the same in whole Europe. But in 20th century when like in Soviet period and Russian like period if you are tanned it means you are successful <laughs> Now, I mean like not you're from Middle Asia but if you're like white guy <laughs> and like you like obviously tanned it means the first thing you have money for traveling and you have time for traveling because like tanned guy in Russia means like you're going to the south of Russia at least to the Black Sea or you're going abroad and you have time for this 
So yeah, and it's uh, become like one of the feature of successful person to be tanned. And that's why we had like this boom of a tanning saloon in Russia. And the people who, for example, like my mom think it's like uh, bad for her health. But every April she goes like up to the rooftop of the house to get tanned. Because like in Russia, for example, when it's time, springtime and girls want to wear like short skirts or like shorts, like you, they love it. So you cannot wear it with the white legs. Otherwise, your friends will say like it's like a you know chicken legs. <laughs> it's like not healthy. It's not beautiful at all. Which actually I don't know. It's brainwashing or what? But I also think that like white legs doesn't matter girls or men. It's not beautiful with all these vines and all this. I don't know. Like it's really like a chicken legs. That's <laughs> like okay. how different culture is. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Sure. I think that's really interesting how you talk about what having dark skin denotes because what's really interesting here is that more and more there is this idea that dark skin is now or healthy, right? So the idea is that if you have dark skin and you're young, like us, young China, It means that you're outside doing loads of sports, doing activities, you know, just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of changing. But still, if you're like an older, dark person, it wouldn't be like, wow, he's such a healthy farmer. Yeah. Right? It'd be like, oh, he's a farmer. But <laughs> so, healthy. Yeah, but healthy, but not like a cool healthy, yeah, yeah. right? So that's really interesting how this is kind of starting to change a bit. And a bit, a bit, a very, a very little bit. And it's still hard to find. Sure, uh, sure. Uh, tanning saloons. Yeah, sure. Even in Shanghai. So whenever I, I go to a lot of fitness events, um, and the big influencers at these fitness events, they are noticeably darker than everyone else, but they also are very noticeably athletic. And so it, it's kind of okay. Like you can't be fat or skinny and dark. That's actually interesting thing because why bodybuilders always put tanning cream on themselves it's, because it's more beautiful. I think it's muscle show off better with the dark. So in my gym, one of the personal trainers he has like tanning lotion, and he actually yeah. has his name written on it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, going back to that point is it's interesting how you can be dark and young. And athletic, then it's part of the whole healthy it's package. Not only athletic, it's actually also think about now uh, underground culture. Many like youngsters, they want to like rebels. Mm. They want to show off. They want people recognize you. You have mm. one and a half billion people around mm. you, so you need to somehow be different. Yeah, yeah. And then like all that, if you go to I don't know like underground clubs or like hip hop clubs, a lot of girls especially, mm. and they also putting this tan creams mm. or like they're going going to tan saloon uh, and then you know tattoo and mm. like it's it's kind of also underground culture i think that's yeah that's an underground kind of hip-hop culture which is a pretty interesting phenomenon and we, we should really talk about that at one point it's like a rebel because like you know these guys also for example they're wearing green hats which is really they yes, wear yes, yes 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 that's uh, interesting in china when someone say that you're wearing green hat It means you're cuckold. Yeah. And in this case, like, really, it's like, it's hard to find a green hat, mm. any hat, like winter hat, summer hat in China. But they're wearing it. Uh-huh. Like, and like That's pa- really interesting. punks, 
hip hop guys yeah, yeah, yeah. and like just like people who want like rebel. It means like they don't care about this mm. society norms. Mm. I think that's really interesting what you said about hip hop clubs because a lot of the people who go to the hip hop clubs are from Xinjiang, right? And they're what? yeah, you don't know? No. You've never seriously? I don't I think it's like enough. When's the last like, time you went to a hip hop club like Ninja in Shanghai? Like mm-hmm. the door girl is from Xinjiang, man. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people inside are from Xinjiang. So Xinjiang they're like they're very kind of a musical society you can say, right? They're very into dance and music and hip hop. And and yeah, hip hop because, because they they kind of form this kind of equivalent to I suppose black people in America or, or Europe. But the homeland of modern Chinese hip hop is mostly like Chengdu actually. Sichuan Chengdu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know sure. like uh, no, Five Brothers from yeah, yeah. there and another big bands and very popular hip hop clubs is all from Chengdu. Okay, that's really interesting because some ethnic minorities from the Xinjiang region their skin colors are different to Han people. Han people are the kind of normal Chinese people I I suppose you could say. And one of the very famous actresses from the Xinjiang region, she's an ethnic minority. She's called Dili Ruba, and she has become like the hottest celebrity of the past three years. She's in everything. She's like, not the duck. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. And as she became really hot, a lot of people who also look different have become very hot as well. Like this girl called Summer Momoko, and she's become really, really massive, but she's also super dark, and that's kind of her thing, right? And I suppose what you're saying about people. So as Dili Ruba gets hotter, and it opens the stage for people to rise to stardom who do look different. There's this other lady called Summer Momoko, and she's kind of like this underground kind of star, but also like kind of mainstream. I don't know how to describe it. And she's dark, like really, really dark. And I suppose in the way that you were talking about all these younger girls, they go to hip hop clubs and they want to go get tanned. Maybe it's because of idols like her. Um, but again, that's a very isolated case. Like she is a character in a sense, and she's like this cool person who looks different, and she's very dark. But I don't think that would ever be a mainstream. It's certainly not for the next twenty, thirty years. I think I have a very good comparison how Chinese girls care about their skin color. It's still very important. The same like uh, girls in the West care, still care about the weight, you know, to be skinny. Yeah, now it's like a big trend about body positive, but still many, many, many girls want to be skinny, and they like think about every day, and they like reading about it every day, and watching all this like advices, blah blah blah. So but the I, thing I is, like, for white skin here, no, for sure, like, Chinese girls also care about to be skinny, but they have plus, like, to care about their skin color. Many of them. I don't, th- it's changing. For sure it's changing. It's much better. It's getting better. Like, you need to love you, like, uh, yourself as, like, as natural, right? That, I don't know, I think it's still, like, from my experience, I see what Chinese girls do. And, what, and I see cosmetics, what they, and I see advertisement. Like all this, like beauty whitening thing. So mm. it's again about big brands and brainwashing. Like you know, they give the standards so people buying more of this stuff. But how it's in Britain? Like I mean, like attitude to like tanning and all this. Is it important to be tanned for like white people? <laughs> Anyone who's listening who's British, 
will remember around, I don't know, seven years ago, being tanned was such a big thing. And I remember really? all the girls, yeah, all the girls, they used to like, <laughs> used to, <laughs> I can barely talk about this because it's so funny. Um, everyone used to be tanned, like everyone was just like bright orange because we had these two TV shows, one called Jersey Shore from America and one called The Only Way is Essex. And there the stars were like just covered, covered in both makeup and tanning lotion. <laughs> and so I don't know how it influenced the whole generation, but suddenly all the girls in England had loads of makeup and were really heavily tanned. I remember when you'd go on a night out, because obviously in a club you'd sweat, right? So you'd actually see like these these streaks of orange like coming off their faces. Yeah, the same in Russia. Like... <laughs> the same in Russia. So funny. Yeah, it's not so not natural color and <laughs> color. They're using these creams. Yeah, I think it was around the same time that like very defined eyebrows yeah, became yeah, yeah, a thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like really, like, like brush these trend, eyebrows. Yeah. I must have been all over the world then if it yeah. was in England and in Russia. But I remember Not very clearly. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's <laughs> super interesting, actually. While like girls in the West trying to be very dark with all the things, mm. Chinese and like Asian girls are struggling to be white. <laughs> like, I, two different planets. Mm, right. That's that's the whole point, right, of people. Like you're never happy with what you want and you always want what other people have. Now, one thing actually is interesting what Chinese people say when I say like, I, I prefer to be tanned. I like to be tanned. It's, mm. it's good for me and good for color and good for health. They say like, it's different. When you white guys got tanned, you have a different color. We are like originally yellowish. Mm. So when we got tanned, it's not that beautiful. Mm. That's what Chinese people say. That's why we don't like it. But I don't think, I don't, yeah, it's it's a bit different for sure. Like effect of tanning for different skin color is different. But I don't think, I don't know. I still think it's quite attractive when person a bit tan. So whilst I was away filming the TV show The Day I Ran China, I hear that you've been making a lot of big changes in your life. So we discussed some of them before, like moving out of downtown to the suburbs. But change. also, but also, you've also stopped drinking. Yeah. And that's a big deal because, drinking. because you know, as the stereotype goes, you're a Russian. alcoholic. Exactly. Um, and actually, when we knew each other right at the beginning, you were drinking quite a lot. Right? Quite a lot. But I mean, I have never had problems with alcohol like oh great that's a great benchmark man i've never had I mean, problems like, with alcohol. at least it didn't influence my work i mean like mm. for deadlines all the things but i think for me I, i don't know maybe some people don't think it's problem when like you're waiting for every weekend and like start to think about it from tuesday wednesday okay waiting for friday i want this glass of beer oh my god you know many people have this they may be not brave enough to admit these things to themselves but yeah i've been drinking from 14 13 years old i mean like at least like one two bottles of beer in a week which is like wow. a lot for teenager you know like you got two beers and like you're drunk i drank a lot when i was student mm -hmm. and i drank a lot of china mm -hmm. like recently past few years i'm trying to quit it and then last year when i was so busy oh no when i just come to shanghai i didn't drink actually 
I didn't drink, I remember, for half a year because I was so busy with opening new company, all the things. So, And then I started drinking, and you saw I'm drinking. <laughs> and I kind of liked it, so I quit it. And now it's getting a small problem for me when I'm going to dinners with these Chinese laobans, Chinese bosses, especially like factory ones, especially like in uh, or some officials, especially in regions, some like, you know, inner regions of China. They're still drinking culture in mm-hmm. China. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing. Mm. Okay. And so one of the reasons we're talking about this is not only just Artem's alcoholism, and his <laughs> his road his road to recovery but also because very recently in the news there was a scandal with Xiamen Bank where they had a corporate dinner and one of the employees one of the lower level employees actually got slapped by a manager for not drinking with the boss yeah he refused to drink with he him. refused to drink and he got slapped and then this came out on the news and uh Xiamen Bank eventually apologized but the response from the internet was actually really interesting because it's this thing that's so deeply ingrained in Chinese culture. But I think most people actually really, really dislike it. Yeah, it's resonated with a lot of people because many people just like not brave enough or I don't know, like they don't talk about it, mm. but they don't like it, mm-hmm. especially girls. Mm. There is also a lot of articles in Chinese blogs when girls say when like young girls like need to drink with bosses. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine like I don't know 20 years 20 years old girl she need to drink like 10 20 shots of this baiju mm, 54 mm. degrees baiju <laughs> and like they cannot refuse mm-hmm. because it's not showing respect sure sure um actually I've got this very good friend who who lives in Nantong which is a small town and she does sales and the sales culture in China is very drink heavy. Yeah. And she's like literally drunk almost every night of the week and she doesn't even like drinking but she's doing it for sales, right? But the customer expects the salesperson to show them a good time, take them to dinner, you know, treat them to loads of drinks, etc. That's interesting the approach of to drink. Like in Russia, we have also like a huge drinking culture. But recently it's changing. To be healthy is okay. And when you just like refuse drinking, doesn't matter. You will not have a deal. Alcohol, we should admit this. It's a good social lubricant. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, it's getting easier to discuss many problems, or like it's getting like much smooth to discuss even business processes. Mm-hmm. So in China, it's really very big thing because like you can talk for three hours in a factory with this guy and didn't get to any conclusion. But then you go to KTV after you drink with him and next day you sign this contract with a good price. Uh-huh. It uh-huh. really works like this. But it doesn't mean like if you refuse to drink with him, you will not. The thing is you need to find alternative. I mean like you should find another way to his heart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> The thing like if I want to get closer with a Chinese partner or like Chinese friend, it doesn't mean like I should drink with him. Just like find another way. I don't know. Invite him for a Russian dinner at your home like, mm. or uh, give some gifts mm-hmm. or go out for like uh, mountain biking, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's... But alcohol, yeah, it's easier social lubricant. Making things easier. It's interesting thing that in Western culture and in Russia too, you will lose the face if you 
Not correct. It's okay. You're Russian. It's fine. What, what's wrong? With lose you? face, not lose the or lose your. It's lose face. Ah, okay. The interesting thing in Chinese drinking culture, which is make it at l- somehow easier to drink here, you will not lose face if you drunk, mm. if you vomit, if you slept somewhere. It's good. It's even like showing some respect that you like. Uh, <laughs> even you don't feel well, you keep doing this. Yeah. Like in like in. F- for our like friendship for our good cooperation i will keep drinking and like you're you, you're a real man keep and going that's it, a... in russia if you if you, if you do like this it means like you cannot control yourself mm. the first thing the, the other thing like you you are uh, you cannot drink actually yeah. and so you're a loser right yeah, you're a loser. i remember <laughs> i remember when i was a kid went to a club in london and me and my friend were so drunk we actually just fell asleep on the sofa and the bouncer came up to us and was like you can't sleep here get out right now and so we stumbled out but when you're in a club in china yeah. it's very table based right yeah, so there's yeah. like a table and like big sofas yeah. and so around 1 2 a.m you see just people just falling asleep right they're drunk they fall yeah. asleep and then they have a nap 45 minutes whatever and then they're back up ready to go drinking again they go to warm it yeah and then come back and they'll round two come on <laughs> go back so it's, it's like so interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. but what you were saying about falling asleep not losing face i've got this friend who does a lot of sales all around china he's a foreigner he said that it doesn't matter whether he falls asleep falls unconscious vomits as long as he drinks, he still gets the deal. Yeah. Right? And that's so interesting. But he has to drink. Unless he says he's taking medicine or something, the bosses really feel offended. Like, really, really offended. The thing is, yeah, especially when you're... For me, it's really hard when they say I'm Russian. Mm. For mm. them, it's kind of a big thing to drink with Russian. Sometimes some of them, for example, never drink with a foreigner or never drink with Russian, especially. Mm. Mm. And... You know, I know I cannot, I don't drink like not for them a few months. Last year, I haven't been drinking for six months Mm -hmm. and I still didn't get to the right strategy in this situation, really. Because like maybe I can get one sip just to show respect. But at the same time, if you, how do you drink in Chinese crowd? I mean, like where a lot of people on the table, you not drink together, like cheers in Russia. In Russia, it's not polite if someone uh, drinking like, face to face for sure if you drink you need to tell all oh, like let's drink mm-hmm. so, you know like to show it's not like secretly drinking with yeah, someone yeah, yeah, yeah. but in china it's actually the thing is you drink one to one like mm-hmm. you want to drink with this person you need to show respect to this person mm-hmm. and drink with everyone but when you're like foreigner you're special your customer everyone wants to drink with mm-hmm. you the boss his manager and other employees his <laughs> friends and all that people want to drink with you one to one and if you get a sip with the boss for sure, you need to get a sip with another people. Mm-hmm. So actually, I don't know yet what to do. And when you say, I'm taking medicines or whatever, sometimes it helps, but they still got offended. The problem is they really think that Baiju have a lot of good effect for health. <laughs> it's like a Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. So if you drink good Baiju and not, like, not every day, it's good for your health. Mm. Some of this, like, traditional laobans think like this. Okay. Okay. By the way, also, for people who haven't had baiju, it's an incredibly intense taste that 
is so difficult to describe. I think it's kind of a mix of sambuca and vodka. <laughs> something like this. Actually, I remember when I was a journalist, I went and covered the opening ceremony for one of the biggest baijiu factories in China. And so we got up at like 5 a.m. By 7 a.m., they were like handing us baijiu and it was like 65 degrees. <laughs> and it was like, I've never, I've never, first of all, I don't really drink that much. Secondly, I've never drank that early in the morning. And thirdly, I've never had alcohol that's that strong. And I think for the rest of my life, I remember firstly the smell of that factory. And number two, that that delayed reaction. So you drink it, right? Even like a tiny sip. And then it feels okay for about five seconds. After that, it's like your body, like your intestines and your throat is just like, is just melting under this like pure alcohol. I cannot fathom how people like it so much. But you know, I when I was drinking, I prefer baiju to vodka. I think mm. like when we drink vodka in Russia, for sure you need to after eat something or drink something, I don't know, juice or something. Mm. Or, or like, smell some bread or smell someone's yeah. head, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do smell people's head, right? I didn't. <laughs> but, so like, I mean like it's, it's disgusting. Yeah, 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 sure. But baiju still have some aroma. Mm. I don't know, it's have some taste and you don't, you don't need to eat something after that. Mm. It's still not that disgusting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for me. I don't know. So actually, um, I, I just told that I don't have strategy for drinking uh, with uh, Chinese people. There is one strategy which some Lao Bans use. You have a drinking body. You get someone who's just there to drink for you. Yeah. When yeah. I was uh, working in Dungguan, in this factory area, many Lao Bans, word of the mouth, who is the like best drinking body here? And they're really kind of a headhunting them, sourcing <laughs> these guys for their company. No, for sure, usually these guys also do some another job, mm. like sales, whatever. But one of his main like advantages is he can drink. <laughs> and he can drink for Laoban. And here, like it's a bit, uh, you know, double standards. At one time, uh, you can lose, I mean, like you will not lose face if you got super drunk. But bosses don't want to get super drunk. But then how does that work? Because say you and I are drinking and I I want to show you respect. Do you make your employee drink instead of you? Yeah, usually what bosses do, they drink one or two shots uh-huh. and then they see, say, sorry, and just like I need to work or I need to go back to my children and wife, which is could be true. Mm-hmm. And then the guy, another guy, Keep drinking with you. He'll hey, stay and the boss will go home. No, 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 no. This is... Boss will stay. Uh-huh. But he will drink juice. Next shots, he will not drink with you. But then he, that's not really respect because I'm still dr- I'm drinking with his drinking buddy, not with the boss. Yeah, but it he represents him. <laughs> that's actually a very interesting aspect of Chinese culture. And I think we'll talk about this another time, but I remember when I worked for a Chinese company, I was at an event and my boss saw another boss that he knew and he'd known for like 10 years. But instead of like going up to him directly, he asked me to go talk to the other boss's assistant Mm -hmm. to talk to him and to then talk to my boss. So instead of two people making a two-person conversation, they involved four people into a two-person conversation. And I think that's a really interesting aspect of Chinese business culture where you can actually deputize someone to do things for you. Yeah, but you cannot make these two people actually, like 
you have drinking body and I have drinking body and these two drinking body <laughs> go to KTV <laughs> and then the deal done. No, usually it works like to one side. I never seen actually when like two bosses and two drinking bodies drinking for them. <laughs> it works to one side. Right. Okay. Okay. I know maybe our listeners can share more in our social media their experience about mm. it because I'm still discovering. It's like so deep topic. <laughs> And so when you're drinking, inevitably, you're also smoking, especially in China. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the smoking culture in China. I think that's a topic that... that yeah, I also want to talk about this because you don't smoke. Mm. But when we went to the <laughs> uh, hair saloon last time with you, yeah, the hairdresser offers you one cigarette. Uh, yeah. And to me too. Yeah. And I declined it, and you accepted it because, like, it's showing respect. Well, because you don't. And you smoked it. Well, because you don't you know. Ah, uh, yeah. Because you don't know him, right? And I see him all the time, so I felt it was like a, a sign of respect. You, you, you. For me, you looked like my some of my customers who are reading this, uh, you know, <laughs> spiritual books about uh, like mere like. Secret Chinese mm. culture, mm. like they're reading these books about, like you need to uh, give your uh, business card with two hands, otherwise they will be offended, like for forever. <laughs> Or like if they uh, give you a cigarette, you need to accept it and smoke it. And sometimes I see my customers mm -hmm. on factories. I go with them for negotiations. They smoking this cigarette, but they never smoked. And it's like uh, <laughs> uh, they're like I, I don't know. They color and it's strong Chinese yeah, cigarette, yeah, yeah. super strong, different with European cigarettes. And they like their face colors, <laughs> and they still because they think it's so it's so important. I don't think mm. it's that important for sure. Like the cigarette thing, it's it's like in Russia before. I mean, like drinking culture in China is big thing, mm. but in Russia. We even have this uh, phrase like, uh, do you respect me? Yes, then drink. Mm -hmm. Here, like, do you respect me? Then smoke. Mm -hmm. And any time in China when you have these small talks with the uh, Baoan, is uh, like security or delivery guys, they every time like give you, offer you a cigarette. Mm -hmm. So it's just like a polite thing. Yeah. And what should you do? I Sometimes I decline. You should... Take it and put you in the pocket. That's okay. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you're right. You are right. Um, you love to smoke. That's why you <laughs> smoked. Actually, no. and you use it like an excuse. Excuse, huh? Well, actually, you know, I've been coming to China since I was a kid. You know, five years old, yeah. and God, every guy, and I mean, literally, almost every guy would smoke. Like back then, it was like you could smoke anywhere. Inside restaurants, inside hotels, inside buses, I think, right? And yeah, just... the thing is, yeah, the buses, exactly. Mm. Ten years ago in Changchun, which is like quite a big city, five million people in the capital of uh, Jilin province. And I smoked <laughs> that time I smoked. Actually, I, I've been smoking for seven years mm -hmm. before 21 or something. Mm -hmm. 
and I smoked in buses because everyone just opened the window and the driver was smoking. <laughs> driver was smoking, passenger was smoking, everyone was smoking. You know? No, I mean like it doesn't mean like every time, but mm. no one was surprised if someone like opened the window if you sit near the, by the window yeah. and they start to smoke. It's okay. <laughs> it's incredible, is it? It's honestly it's so incredible. And they smoked in McDonald's, I remember. Wow. And I was Guiling Lu, one of the first McDonald's in Changchun. Mm. People just were smoking McDonald's. Wow. I mean it's it's changed so much in Shanghai. Yeah. But it hasn't changed that much outside of Shanghai. And in, in, in Dumbay restaurants in Shanghai. Mm. <laughs> you will know this is exactly <laughs> true Dumbay restaurant like a northern east restaurant mm. like when guys start to smoke in restaurant. So the thing about Shanghai is that it's officially not legal to smoke inside, yeah. but a lot of places they still do let mm-hmm. you um especially on the outskirts but once you go like outside of shanghai to smaller cities it's it's the same as normal yeah. as in like people smoking everywhere we just was cycling around zhejiang and jiangsu province and we stayed in some hotels mm, every hotel have the this smoke even good hotel mm. like it's like they smoking everywhere yeah. yeah yeah so what you're talking about like giving cigarettes as a polite thing So I went to Hunan for Chinese New Year before with my friend. I remember one of my friend's relatives he didn't even smoke, but he bought a packet of cigarettes just to hand out cigarettes to to guests and family. Because the Hunan is the main producer of cigarettes in China. Is that you know, right? And there there's like the epicenter of smoking oh, in I the didn't world. Know. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. But but what's interesting is that yeah, he didn't even smoke. But as a part of the politeness and the culture, he was buying them just to give give to other people. The interesting thing that like I heard there is a I think it's like a myth, it's not true but uh there is a government monopoly. It's a, it's true. It's government monopoly in tobacco in China. Mm-hmm. And the thing is I heard like the budget uh, from uh from 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 the cigarettes all profits goes to Chinese army. So like the more nation smoke the stronger army becomes. <laughs> I'm not sure I, I haven't this find is, any This like, is how fact. we get banned from Himalaya again. <laughs> smoke to protect your country. No, but actually it's just released. Yeah, last week I saw this news that Chinese government want to reduce the smoking part of uh, people to 20% of nation. Now it's like actually I was surprised. Now it's not more than 30% or something no, like this. No, really? really? I was I was also thinking. So in Russia it's like 70 or like 60% of people smoking. What? In China it's not that much. Really? The th- one thing is important thing, women smoking. Not that many women smoking in China. Mm. Mm. In Russia a lot. Women smoking in Russia is is it's bigger problem than men smoking. Ah, really? I didn't know. I had no idea. But I would say also like the people that you see outside they smoke, right? I mean like a lot. And I I I can't believe it's like only like 30% percent mm-hmm. of people. It's like when you see it's like 80%. Yeah, it looks like everyone, but I feel that a lot of my male friends they don't smoke. Yeah. A lot of my male Chinese yeah. friends. Um whereas, you know, when I was a kid, I remember like my dad would take me to like the offices that he you know be doing meetings in and just everyone yeah, was yeah. smoking everyone and and it's been one of my most prominent memories actually of china just smoking because everyone did it just like because it's a lot of people 
and they smoke everywhere. That's the thing. Mm. So mm. they smoking out still like even in Shanghai, they smoke a lot outside. There is mm. no, there is some special places, but they just like riding their bikes and they smoking. So even like three of ten people on the street smoking, and there are a lot of people, thousands of people for sure. You think that everyone is smoking. So what about as a former smoker, Artem? And what, former alcoholic. <laughs> former alcoholic. <laughs> what uh, What do you think of the difference in cigarettes? As in, you think that Chinese cigarettes have a different it's taste, different. or they're roasted is differently? Yeah, I mean, like it's not only my opinion; it's really different. Mm-hmm. Here, I could smoke only Junnan High, mm-hmm. the advertisement for Junnan High, <laughs> uh, which is like, uh, yeah, it's kind of cheap cigarettes, and Chinese people, not many Chinese, Chinese people, don't people smoke don't, them. Yeah, right. But, but actually, I remember, <laughs> I remember, I was in this like WeChat group, right? It's like this party group, and it was something like, because we are Lao wise and we're in Shanghai and we smoke Zhongnan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a rap, you know. Like, <laughs> and we also have this yeah sentence like, if you're real Lao Wai, you smoke only Zhongnan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I think they're closer to like the taste of Marlboro or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, taste of like shitty European cigarettes mm, which mm. all cigarettes are shitty <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it's different it's really hard taste that's why even like you are like smoker in west you come here and you smoke with Chinese bosses it's it's, it's different mm. they, some people even have like some I don't know they feel noisier and not good after smoking Chinese mm. cigarettes because it's too strong and roasted in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, that's a really interesting part of, again, the drinking culture and smoking is people, when they drink here, particularly at clubs and KTVs and dinners, they smoke incessantly. It's like endless smoking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you just don't stop. It's like, you know, the whole night you're going, 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 smoking, smoking, smoking. And so it's interesting how these two vices, they kind of come together. They don't think it's a that big problem for their health. Mm. Really. Mm. When I ask many people, no, what we say in Russia or like in Europe, they, anyway, we will die or like... Uh, <laughs> great, great. Have, have, have fun and like die young, whatever. Such, oh, such but optimism. At least they understand this is yeah. like uh, bad for health. But in China, no, they don't think that's that bad. Actually, let me tell you a story. So I have this friend, he plays football with Chinese people. Mm-hmm. And so when he first got to China, mm-hmm. they would play 45 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Then they'd have this break and he'd see all the Chinese people, like they'd run off, mm-hmm. have a cigarette break and then get back onto the back onto the pitch. And his point was that they were really, really good and they were smoking. Imagine how good they could be without the smoking, yeah. right? And... It's so interesting how actually, in a way, because a lot of, particularly the older generation, they've been smoking for such a long time, they've incorporated it into their daily lifestyle. So maybe they they don't think it affects their health, probably because they've been smoking since they're eight years old, right? So for as long as they can remember running, they've also been smoking. So they don't, (laughs) they can't tell the difference. Uh Um, But yeah, it's really interesting because again, with the gyms that we talked about last week, not so much now, but people used to smoke in the changing rooms, right? So I guess they'd finish the set and they go for a smoke and they come back out, right? Now the smoking smell only comes from the stairwell, mm-hmm. not from the bathrooms anymore. But still the point is after a heavy session, even the personal trainers, they will finish their session and then have a smoke. 
Yeah. Right, so it's still hurting the body. It's not like they've stopped smoking. It totally. But sometimes I think, like you know, there is a lot of jokes like Chinese people are aliens. They are different. But <laughs> I don't. They don't have this hangover thing in their culture. I don't understand why. I mean, like in in the West, we have so many memes about this. We mm. have so many jokes. We have so many like you know, every Sunday you open the Instagram and all people saying like, ah, oh, hangover mm. thing, oh, hangover cure, hangover, yeah, hangover, yeah. hangover. They even like they have this word. It's called suzui, but it's even not explains hangover. Sometimes I'm telling it to Chinese people and even showing it like Chinese characters. Suzui. Uh, really, when I see my colleagues after big parties coming back on work, they are maybe not that fresh, but they're not like you know European style yes. hangover. Yeah. I don't understand why it's different. Like body, I don't know. It's or they, <laughs> or they because of they eat or they drink too much tea. I don't know really. Right. They, so racism. Uh, we had some sexism earlier. So okay, we're we're ticking all no, the no, boxes. No. Great. Good. No, but really, uh, I don't. You think like they don't have hangovers? <laughs> I've never thought about it actually. They go to work after this crazy KTV stuff. They come to work and they work like properly. And I look, I don't know, on the faces, not like any uh, signs <laughs> that they was drinking heavy yesterday. No, for sure. I have Chinese friends who said like, I don't feel good. Like I drank a lot yesterday, mm. but they're still not like dying from mm. hungover, like mm. like weak westerners. <laughs> but maybe maybe it's because they maybe because they vomit and they're okay. Yeah. What do you think? I think. Have you noticed actually? I see a lot of vomit in China. A lot. <laughs> and that's a, it's that's a, a really weird thing to say, but I do see it's a lot. Na- but it's natural. It's, yeah. it's like what they do, what their body asks them to do. Yeah. 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 In, it, I remember, like when I was teenager, it was so cool when you drink and you don't vomit. It's like, I drank yesterday like so many beers and I didn't vomit. <laughs> I'm like hero, you know. <laughs> But probably what you should, should do: yeah, go and sure. vomit, yeah, drink yeah. more water. Yeah. And they do this. Yeah, actually, it it explains some, but not all. Not all. Not all. But you know, because <laughs> and they sleep. <laughs> oh. but, but every every time I go to a club in China. The toilets, they stink of vomit, and like the cubicles, the sinks, everything has vomit in it. So, I think they are very much drink, sleep, vomit, repeat. Yeah, sure. So, so you can like vomit it out, drink water, and go to sleep, and you're fine. And that's actually true. And in right? the morning, you eat like maybe. I think their food is more healthy in the morning. Like this light bouts or Joe. Joe is amazing thing. Porridge like, uh, and dumplings. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. it's not porridge. It's like uh, it's, Joe it, is it's porridge. Called, no, no, rice no. porridge. It's called congi. Congi, congi. Now you're congi. still using a non-English word. Congi. Congi. Con. What? I was a Maya. C O N G double E. Yes, it's a it's it's a How it's a Cantonese word though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, congi. Yeah, this is a proper word for this. Yeah. Like I'm a Guangdong person for okay. seven years. Like you cannot call it porridge. It's like oh, it's offending. rice. It's rice porridge. It's rice congi. Congi, <laughs> g congi. Uh, okay, kasha. In Russian, we say kasha. Easy word. Uh, Russian. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Look, I think I think we're almost done here. What do you think? Okay, so uh, I think like it's enough about bad habits. 
Let's talk about oh, the good oh. habits so we don't... No, no, we talked today like about bad habits and tanning mm-hmm. and white skin, which is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> so we're now running a strategy to see whether we get banned again from Simalaya. But at the same time, because this is now pro-Western propaganda, we'll get pushed up by Spotify and Apple Podcasts. <laughs> We've done our our pro-Western media part, and next week we'll be doing more pro-Chinese propaganda to get back onto Simalaya. Uh, yeah. Yeah? Uh-huh. Okay. So, what is Simalaya? is Chinese leading platform for mm. podcasting. They okay, let's, let's just put an in advert for them in now here. Go, go, go. Yeah. yeah. Simalaya is a leading... Best. Best. Great. Pl- great platform okay. in China. But actually, the only one. Apple Podcast <laughs> works there, but most people... Uh, Do listen, Simalaya. Yeah, yeah, Simalaya. Actually, yeah. I listen to Simalaya. What? I listen to Chinese history Young lessons. <laughs> I also listen to Young China. Uh, yeah. And we actually got over 1,000... That's just me, man. That's well, just well, me. Well, every... <laughs> Listen, to that. no, I mean, like me in terms of like, we day. didn't uh, didn't push it on Chinese media, yeah, at yeah. all. But and 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 it's like organically just... get one thousand. <laughs> Who is like you? That's like me and then the censors because they're like listening like what can we block out here? And they're trying to understand my Russian accent and like what did the Russian say? And they're like one more listen, one more listen. <laughs> oh, good. Um, All right. So thank you everyone so much for listening. My name is Lucian. And you participated in an amazing TV show which we need to watch till the ah, next yeah, I episode. Forgot. Thank you for thank you for doing my advertising for Actually, me. Actually you could make ultimatum no any new episodes <laughs> before you watched all episodes. Uh, the day I ran China. Yeah, Why it's called right. like this? Because it's a weird name, don't you? Is it, so? I thought it was a weird name, but actually... Like, the I day I ran out of China. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Let's be serious for a second. So, um, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. I still cannot calculate how many people listen to us. Probably a few thousand, but like it's because like we have so many different platforms mm. and all these VPNs. Thank you everyone so much for listening and please leave your comments and feedback. On our Instagrams and LinkedIn's. There is links in the Not description. Not only for this podcast, but for the TV show that I was a star in yeah. called The Day I Ran China which is airing on Discovery and Mango TV already. I will put the links in below. And we look forward to your feedback and hearing back from you soon. And now we will release our podcasts every Wednesday on all platforms, including amazing platform Simalaya. Okay, Simalaya. Look, this isn't an advert, but I think Simalaya are a great platform not that great as new TV show. Oh yeah, the new TV show that that I'm part of, right? Um, Yeah, please do watch that because it shows 10 young entrepreneurs who are in China, like Young China, going all around China and and exploring the urban revitalization efforts. And do you remember who recommended you this show? Well, I remember... I remember someone who got refused from the show, uh, you, it was a, and I got accepted onto the TV a show. It was self-suffering, self, self-sacrifice sacrifice for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. very kind of I you. I haven't very... tried. I told them directly, like, <laughs> Just let Lucy I'm, go I'm doing it. the same show now. <laughs> <laughs> so the show is really, really interesting because it shows 
a part of China that actually you don't see through the normal lens, right? In a similar way that celebrating China, which Artem films his documentary, where they go to small towns and small villages, which you will never ever see on TV. And this perspective is fantastic. But of course, we had you know twelve cameras, an eighty-person production team, plus. Okay, so thank you so much, everyone. My name is Lucian. My name is Artem, and together we are. I don't like this. Please. <laughs> and together we are. People what? know. There is like you know, like there is a headline: Young China, Young China everywhere. My name is Artem, and your name is Lucian. Uh, see you next time. Bye bye. And, and we are Young China. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Artem. That was a fantastic shout out. All right. See you guys later. Bye bye. <laughs>